I love to push myself to the absolute limit just to see, you know, what I'm capable of. And the feeling after, it's not ever tied to results. It's really of like how I worked through things, like how I spoke to myself out there, um, you know, how I handled, you know, the low points, how I handled the high points so that I can learn, you know, for the next go. It's always transformative. Like I go through truly life in a day out there. I learn something new about myself each time. And I learn just how much stronger I am, you know, than I initially thought, you know, 14 hours prior when I lined up. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 74 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. This episode image of Stephanie Flippin effortlessly flying through the air truly epitomizes Hoka's slogan, Time to Fly. Stephanie Flippin is a dynamo with a huge heart and channels it to power through long days as a foot and ankle surgeon, pro athlete for Hoka, running coach with Lift Run Perform, and someone who's deeply invested in her community. She developed her love for trails in the mountains running with her dad at seven years old, watching him float over the hills and come back down to get her and finish together. It wasn't until medical school till Stephanie started taking her running seriously, and it really helped relieve stress and gave her mind a break from studying. Running 20 milers late at night after crazy long shifts at Cook County Hospital during residency with her now husband Mitchell forged their partnership. Running in an exhausted, sleep-deprived state with brain fog, unknowingly building all the tools she would need to become a rock star at the 100-mile distance. Stephanie is the 2021 USATF 100-mile national champion, two-time Tunnel Hill winner 2020 and 2021 at 100 miles, with a 1404 100-mile PR, which breaks down to 826 per mile pace. Wow. Totally amazing. Stephanie enjoys pushing herself to the absolute limit to learn what she's truly capable of and had the chance at the 2022 USATF 100-mile national championship race where she hit some dark patches early at mile 40, but powered through them and rallied to make the podium with help from her amazing pit crew, Mitchell Flippin. Stephanie is a force of nature and cares deeply for her patients, athletes, and the running community. I enjoyed this convo immensely and learned so much from it. I hope you all will too. Let's dive on in and take a listen. Stephanie Flippin, welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you? Hi, Ron. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. So how is recovery going after the Jackpot 100, man? That's just yeah. some crazy, another crazy race, which you won last year, and then I you did, ran yeah. faster this year. And <laughs> yeah, just barely. <laughs> yeah, but faster is faster. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I, did you come in third this year? I did. did. Yes. Yes. So yeah, still I, podium. Awesome. Yes, right. Thank you. Yeah. Tough day for me. Um, was a, you know, about an hour off, um, target time. Um, but super, super proud of the finish. Like, you know, any of your listeners that have, you know, that, you know, dove into the ultra running world, you know, 
it's a totally different beast. You know, every step past, you know, 26.2 miles. I mean, really like any step past like 50K, I really think it's, you know, anything can happen out there. Um, so yeah, I'm super, super proud of the effort. Um, very proud to have still fought um, for that podium spot um, at a national championship race. Um, so yeah, recovery is going really well. Um, I always really enjoy my time off though from running um, after a hundred. Um, you know, I run professionally, but at the same time, it's like, I really soak in these like eight to 10 days of no running and just kind of enjoying walks, um, all the craft beer, eating whatever I want. I mean, I always eat whatever I want, but, um, yeah, recovery is going super well. Love it. And I saw that absolute monster mega, um, item you were munching on. It was like the last picture in your Instagram post, which was just like your eyes. It was, it was just absolutely a great shot. That might have to be our episode graphic for this one. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I should do a little intro. So, um, Stephanie is, um, not only a professional runner for Holka and the ultra scene, a uh, physician, surgeon, and coach with lift run perform performance coach for lift run perform. So incredibly well-rounded, crazy resume and balancing a lot of balls in the air. So I can't, can't be oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be easy. And I, I think husband is also a surgeon doctor as well, right? So you guys, yep. you guys are living the busy life, man. It can't we be are. can't be easy juggling at all, right? Yeah, that's for that's for definitely for certain. It's definitely like a puzzle piece and just kind of uh, a lot of time management. So yeah, good stuff. So give give uh, the run chats only just a little background on where you grew up, family life as a kid, just a little intro on yourself. Yeah, um, I grew up in sunny San Diego, California, um, also known as America's Finest City. Um, I, I haven't lived in San Diego for a long time. Um, I, I did my undergraduate at the University of California, San Diego. Um, and then from there, you know, I kind of felt like I had been living in, you know, this Southern California bubble, um, you know, and it, you know, my early 20s, it was like, I really needed, I really felt like I needed to get out there um, and experience other parts of the country. Um so I did a pivot. Um, I was, um, you know, initially planning on uh, getting my doctorate um, in California. And then I changed course and decided to head out to Chicago. Um, yeah. So I spent four years there. That's where I met my husband. Um, that's also um, where I got really, really deep into the long distance running scene. Um, and yeah, I I spent four years in Chicago. After that, I spent another four years um, in Detroit, Michigan um, for my surgical residency. Um, and yeah, now I reside in Evergreen, Colorado. So I've kind of been all over. Well, you go from the sunniest, warmest place on earth and head to yeah. Chicago for four years, which is like frigid, frozen winterlands, and then do your surgical residency in Detroit. So yeah. there's some serious weather change going on there. For man. sure. And that had to toughen you up running outdoors though, man, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, I think, um, you know, I always, it all, it's always funny to look back on this, but when I initially moved from San Diego to Chicago, I remember my, my dad who grew up in upstate New York was like, yeah, like we're going to have to take you to get some actual winter gear. Um, you know, like your hoodies, you know, from undergrad and high school just aren't going to cut it like in Chicago. So um, yeah, there's nothing, you know, my husband and I were living right along uh, Lakeshore Drive um, in those last couple of years. And, and there is nothing like a run in like negative 35 degree wind chill in Chicago along the water. And so props to all of you um, weathering that, that kind of uh, temperatures. Oh, no doubt. And when you live on the water, you learn the meaning of wind chill. It's a quite a different story. Um, 
because it's just dramatically different. Even in the warmer summer days, there's always a breeze and the breeze is, it's great in the summer. So it can help you there. But man, in the winter, when you're going out in a day that's around zero, like you said, it can be 20, 30 below. And my son's up in Vermont and he just makes fun of me because he's like, but dad, dad, the, the temperatures are up here are minus 20. I'm like, okay, okay, you win, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. But um, it does make you hardier. And it your, does, da- your sure. dad is right. Dads are always right, by the way. Um, <laughs> you can't mess around with hoodies. They're not going to get the job yeah. done. We need the technical <laughs> gear. Uh, yeah. And he he had the experience from upstate New York. So, and that's uh, that's kind of how you started off your running. You know, you and dad doing some runs together, little, you know, father, daughter time, you know, getting out there running. So that that had to be fun, right? Yes, definitely. I have just, I have nothing but incredible and fun memories um, as a child. Um, you know, I don't have children of my own yet, but um, I imagine it, it's, I, I would approach it exactly how my dad did when I was a kid and, you know, and how he introduced me to running. It was definitely all about fun and play. It was never, you never pace driven, nothing like that. Um, you know, it was really, like you said, just time for us to spend together. Um, and I, I really learned to truly love the sport and also love hills and trails um, too, because of my dad. That's beautiful. Um, and that's a memory you can draw upon like anytime you can pull it right back out anytime. Um, and cause trust me, there are a lot of dark places and I've never run a hundred. So sixties, as far as I've gone 60, 62. Um, and I just know that was a run to raise money for Ribs's family. And I ended up finding out I ran on a stress fractured knee because I had taken a hard fall oh, no. a couple of days oh, before. Gosh. But I just thought I was being soft and I made fun of myself because my mom is a tough little Irish lady and she's going to be 90 and she's lived with lymphoma wow. 30 years. And she's always just been giving us the look like, what, what are you doing back here? Like when we were kids, like, oh, yeah. you're bleeding? Like, go get a band aid. Like, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> right. go, go back to the park. So like, that's how we were raised. And I wouldn't trade that for anything, man. She was tough on us because my dad wasn't around and she was afraid her three boys were going to be sissies if she wasn't that way. And, you know, way later in life, you know, she's like cop to like how hard that was for her to just be that way, to almost have like a dual personality because, you know, she wanted to just hug us and go, but no, but, and I was like, mom, I'm so happy that that's the way you rolled with it. I didn't get it when I was eight or 10 or 12, but man, do I appreciate now having that tough love and that, you know, just that grit you know, of yeah, like man, sure. when you're in a hole and when you fall down hard and you smash something, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to cancel this run or the weather was going to be bad. No, you're just like, no, I said I was going to do this run. I'm trying to raise money for this guy's family. He needs it. I got to go run. And, you know, then I, then I found out like, I don't know, a few weeks later that I had a stress fracture, acute stress fracture oh, in my so knee. Frustrating. And it took me out, out of the sidelines for four months. But, um, yeah. But you know, you know what it's like. I mean, you just yes. runners, we will run through anything. We will pretend like we're not injured. I had Kim Connolly on here, two-time Olympian, a couple episodes back, and her husband coaches her. And she didn't tell her husband she's having huge PF issues in both feet. She was getting like PRP uh, injections. She wasn't telling him because she just wanted to go through with what she was doing in her own training and get to have a shot at another trials, um, which she ended up, you know, so we all will like go off course. And you have a very different perspective because you are the runner yourself, but then you're also the doctor and the surgeon. So how do you treat your own stuff? I mean, are you like, how do you handle that stuff? 
Yeah. You know, that's a, like a really good point. Um, you know, I actually credit knowing my body, knowing anatomy, knowing physiology really well. Um, I actually probably credit like all of those factors coming in as to why I've been able to not be injured and kind of go, you know, I've fortunately, you know, I've had little, little things here and there, but nothing that's really forced me to take off any longer than like two to three days of running, um, for the past now 11 years. Um, and I think, I think a lot of that is just being really in tune with myself and like listening to little things, um, and not kind of allowing them to get to the bigger things. Um, you know, also I I don't know, I'm always hesitant to be like, Oh, you know, luck was at play there too. I do feel like there's, there are different components though, that have kind of contributed to me, not really sustaining an injury, you know, in 11 years, a lot of it is like diet and nutrition. I've always been, you know, I I don't have a history of an eating disorder, um, or any like body dysmorphia issues. Um, you know, so for me, it's like, I am not joking when I say like, I literally eat whatever I want, you know? Um, so I think that has also, you know, been a big factor too, in keeping me healthy, um, and maybe some genetics as well. But um, yeah, I'm not really someone, like I said, I, I've never really had to like run through like a, a super significant injury, um, which for that, I'm very grateful. Um, but if I do feel something like very, very minor, I feel like I'm pretty conservative with it. Like, because I know, like I've seen it, it's like you know, tail as old as time with my patients. It's like this little ache or pain here, you know, it can resolve if you just take two days off from running, you know, as it, but if you don't do that, we can really see it extrapolate out to be like months and months off from running. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I've been able to kind of strike that good balance. Um, and honestly, like take, you know, practice what I preach. So, which can be difficult. Most of us can't. Um, (laughs) and even, even the doctors who are on my show, the surgeons, it's just, it's very hard to really be truly objective with your own self. It's a lot easier to give the good counsel to people you coach as well outside of your own professional running or me, friends of mine who I'm like, no, 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 Stephanie, listen to me. I'm 61. You need to take just two days off. You're going to feel better. And And it's like, okay, but would I tell myself that? Probably not. Um, So good, good for you that you're handling it that way. And how about your body? Like, what are you doing? You know, you're seeing a regular sports chiro, getting ART. I mean, you're getting a lot of deep tissue. Like, what are you doing? Like, just to keep your body in tune outside of your diet and the miles you're running and that stuff. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's also a really great point too, in terms of like what, you know, all the kind of prehab that I'm doing to stay healthy. Um, I actually am huge on mobility. Um, I do like a 10 to 15 minute, like mobility routine every single day. Like there's really no, you know, no excuse to why I shouldn't be doing it. Um, I haven't always done that though. That's been something that's been a little bit more recent. Um, I would say probably in the past year, um, all of that is very much active, isolated stretching, you know, very much in line with like the Wharton principles. Uh, that's also, uh, my, my coach is the one that was really getting on me about that. You know, he's like, you know, Steph, if you want to be performing at this level, you're a professional athlete, you have to be doing all the little things that actually, you know, make you an athlete and not just like a runner. Um, so doing, um, doing that routine every single day, um, I get, I get like deep tissue massage here and there. Um, and I have, you know, I've had my form evaluated. Um, so I do have kind of like PT, um, like kind of like maintenance exercises that I do, um, outside of that, I am also really, really big on strength work. Um, so I'm doing strength work actually like five days a week. Um, 
Two of those days though, are the heavy lifting, um, you know, and really like the focus on the lower body. Um, you know, we have, a, my husband and I ha- are fortunate to have a pretty good home gym set up that we've just been kind of like hoarding dumbbells and <laughs> different equipment over the years. It's like, you know, it's always a nightmare moving, um, because of that reason. But, um, no, so two of those days are heavy lifting. Um, and then the uh, remaining three days are more of, you know, core focus, maybe band work, um, but still definitely a heavy focus on like hip strength. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I have added a lot of ancillary work, um, you know, outside of just the mileage um, that I feel like has really helped to keep me healthy. Yeah, those are big pieces. They're building blocks that are essential um, if you want to step into the ultra world and run is one thing, but if you're going to start going over 50 and over hundred K and doing even these crazier distances that are just like way out there, like way over 200 miles, like right. then your body will just fall apart. You know, when your when your form breaks down and it will inevitably, I mean, anybody could blow up nutrition. Anybody can have a day where their nutrition is blown up for them because their stomach just cannot cooperate, whatever it is that you've used all these other times that just may not work on a certain day. Um, so you just cannot get enough calories in. you can't get enough fluids in, or maybe it's coming back out the other side, but that strengthening stuff, the Whartons, I mean, they're famous here in New York city. I mean, they started their whole practice with the ropes and the stretching and all that stuff. They put a book out. So I certainly know of them and, uh, your coach, uh, Patrick Reagan, right. Mm-hmm. I know of yep. him because I actually bought a Jersey and a hat from when he ran in the USA team. Cause it was fundraising. Oh, nice. It was funny re- fundraising yeah, yeah. for Tommy ribs. And so I outbidded everybody and it doesn't even fit me, but I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I was like, cause he's like smaller than me. I didn't realize yeah, how he- small it's like seriously <laughs> small singlet. Yeah. So you yeah. might have to just tell him I'm going to send it back to him and he can use it himself because it's <laughs> okay. a, it's a beautiful Jersey. It's really cool. Yeah. The hat's awesome. Um, cause it was like, a team USA hat with like a flag on it. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he's a terrific runner in his own right. And so he's, so he's coaching you, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. One of my, one of my closest friends, um, and I, I credit a lot of my, I mean, physical strength. Yeah. Um, but he's been so helpful, um, you know, from the mental side of things too, and just helping kind of guide me through like being a professional athlete. Um, you know, we're also teammates, um, you know, both sponsored by Hoka. So, Yeah. And that had to be like an amazing thing for you. Right. I mean, I'm sure, you know, from the days as a kid, you know, you were an athlete, you played other sports, but you know, running was not, you didn't go to school to run, you know, you, you were not following that path like so many do. Um, and you know, you were doing ballet and many other things as a kid and, you know, running was just something you were like doing with your dad and, you know, during, it was just for fun. Yeah. So with education load and the stress of it all and medical school and all of that, that it comes upon, like running is a great relief. Right. So that's kind of really where it first came into play for you. Right. Just helping you balance, you know, life, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was definitely, you know, a way I, I knew being so far away from home and like my family and friends um, that I really, I, I needed to have something else, you know, that was healthy and a good outlet for me. Um, you know, it's tough. Like when you're putting in those kind of hours of studying, it's like, oh, I don't really feel like I have the energy or the time for something else, but I'm really, really glad I turned to it. Um, a lot of it was honestly volunteering, um, at the finish line of the Chicago marathon. Um, I was like working, um, the tent actually for like the, the front runners, all the professional athletes coming through. And it was like, wow, like I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this community. Um, so yeah, I'll always have a very special place in my heart for the Chicago marathon for that reason. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's, I definitely don't have a traditional trajectory, but, um, 
like my dad, you know, has always told me like, there's a reason for that though. Um, and just embrace it. You know, you, you might not have, you know, the, the pedigree um, that some of your competitors have, but sometimes that can be an advantage too. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, a couple of points on that. I mean, for one, you know, med school alone, that track is just so exhaustive to begin with. So it can burn almost anyone out. And then residency and all of what follows with that and surgical residency and all that. So running was a gift to discover at that point. But running when you're that tired, running when you're that exhausted is a different thing because most people would just be like, I'm going to sleep now. I'm going to sleep now. I'm going to sleep now. And that's okay. That's one way of going. But the other type of people who take the path that you did or that are more like I, I would be like, you know, you feel like you have no energy, but the second you go out the door, whether it's dark or light and you start moving, all of a sudden the blood starts pumping, you start to feel like alive again. And a whole different part of your body comes back to life that when you're just crushing your brain and you just don't yeah. want to look at one more right. text of anything or anatomy diagram or anything else for that matter. And so you're learning how to deal with being exhausted, which is like training to become yeah. a great ultra runner. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, um, I, you know, looking back, like when I was in it, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like cognitively, like be aware of the fact that like, okay, I just got off this 12 hour shift, you know, at Cook County hospital in downtown Chicago, my husband and I are like, all right, let's, you know, let's get our 20 miler in, you know, 20, 22 miler. And it's at this point we're heading out at like 9 PM you know, we're running along the lake path, um, getting back, like ordering a pizza. It's like classic ultra training. Um, you know, at the time it was just like, well, this is pretty, a pretty strange hobby and kind of <laughs> weird, um, hours that we're pulling here. But, um, again, it was like time to spend together. And like you said, it was like, once we got out there on the run, it was like, oh, this is awesome. It feels great. Um, but yeah, looking back, it's like, there are so many like times where it's like, this was just classic ultra training and setting me up for success, um, you know, with the hundred mile distance, which, um, at this point is, you know, I consider to be my specialty. So awesome. And what a, what a great, uh, way to forge your connection with your husband, you know, like yeah. in the same insanity yeah. filled yeah. hours and madness right. and then banging out 20 milers and crashing, yeah. crushing some pizzas when you're done. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a great yeah. life that me or anybody else will sign up for, but anybody else of your friends are probably just like, what is this girl doing? Like, what is she, <laughs> what is she yeah. doing? Who is this guy? Who's this yeah. guy she's hanging out with? Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. But to look back and now your dad, He's got to be like insanely proud of you, not only what you're doing in your career, but my God, you're like getting signed by Hoka, professional ultra runner, of course, and, and what you're doing with your life as a physician, doctor, surgeon and all. But um, that's got to be pretty cool for him because in his yeah. in his heart and his mind, he'll still see you as that little girl running up and down those hills for with sure. him. And he'll never forget that and neither will you. So that'll be something you'll always have together. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So... um. When did you get like serious about it? Before we get into some of your highlight races, because you have so many, um, and I think you've run nine one hundreds now. If I'm just reading from your yes. last post, right, which is amazing, yeah. like nine one hundred, nine one hundred milers. Like I just want one belt buckle. I'll be very happy yeah, with one. Sure. Although that's yeah. a lie. I've never wanted one of anything in my whole life. So right, anyone right. who says that it's is a slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you say that, but um, when did you like so finishing up? medical school, surgical residency, all that other stuff. When do you kind of get into it like seriously and really take a deep dive? Sure. Um, so I feel like, like, 
I'm trying to pinpoint like the year. Um, I would say after I ran my first 50 miler, um, and then I started stacking more 50 Ks, more 50 milers, I was at edging closer to my first hundred miler. Um, I was starting to notice that like, I mean, my training, and I've mentioned this so many times before on previous podcasts, um, my training at that point in time when I was in medical school, as well as residency is, and as a coach, looking back on it, I would never, ever recommend what I was doing. It's definitely something that like, I think I was able to pull it off because I was in my, you know, early to mid twenties, you know, I'm almost 33 now. I certainly would, could never do what I was doing back then. Um, you know, I'm talking like, oh, during the week, it's like, oh, this four to five mile run. And then on Saturday, I'd run like a 35 mile like trail run, you know, it just wasn't great. But um, around that time, I was starting to notice though, that like, I was able to finish in place like pretty well um, at these races. Um, Granted, they weren't, you know, they were, you know, in the Midwest, um, they weren't like big ticket, you know, ultras or anything like that. But it was always like fairly easy for me to at least place like in the top five, um, you know, women, things like that. and then I would definitely say in 20, like towards the end of 2017, um, early 2018, as, as I was coming up on uh, my last few months of residency, um, you know, I hadn't been doing any speed work whatsoever. Um, and I really started to think, I'm like, you know, I bet if I just like actually focused on my training instead of doing this random, like, oh, I'm going to run 35 miles here, 28 miles here. Um you know, I bet I could actually see, you know, pretty significant success. I mean, I had no idea. I mean, my definition of success at that point was like qualifying for Boston or something, you know, or just like running a stronger um, 50 to, you know, 100K um, or 100 mile race. Um, so, yeah, I hired a coach um, end of uh, beginning of 2018, um, started to do a lot more structured speed work. Um, and man, I, I think I chopped off that year. I chopped off like 90 minutes off my road marathon, um, which was mind blowing to me. Um, and then, yeah, I, I podiumed my first like very technical, um, 50 mile race. Um, and then I headed out back home to see for San Diego 100 and like easily placed in the top 10 there. Um, and then we moved out to Colorado and things just kind of took off from there. Um, I started to see a lot of success. Um, and again, at that time, my husband and I were just now opening our doors, um, in July of 2018 to our private practice. So my time was still like, it was at least my own now. Um, but it was still kind of crazy, you know, to kind of, um, fit everything in. Um, once we got everything smoothed out and things were kind of more on a routine, um, I was able to put a lot more time and focus into my training, um, And yeah, so 2019 was a huge year for me, um, in terms of speed. Um, you know, I, I don't really focus on the sub ultra distances anymore, but, um, you know, not having any type of like track background at all, it was a really huge step um, for me to run like a 36 minute 10 K. Um, and from there, I mean, I just saw all my times fall. Um, and then, and then as we know, like the pandemic hit, but, um, yeah, kind of a long-winded response, you know, it's, it's, it's been fairly recent. I'm still very early in my career, but, um, still learning every single day. We like long-winded. That's a long form podcast, <laughs> man. We like yeah. tangents. There's no, there's no direction to follow. We can go anywhere, kid. Sure. Just take me anywhere you want. It's all good, <laughs> man. We're, I'm here for the ride. So 
Um, it's beautiful. And now you guys are settled in Colorado at this point, right? Yeah. So you're, mm -hmm. you're there, yeah. that's where you open your practice and you're working with Patrick. And so he's introducing you to some speed and it's interesting because you're doing well in a technical race too, which is, you know, I, I mean, it's not like you're from that area. I mean, you had just kind of assimilated into Colorado. You're yeah, from, you're yeah. at San Diego for undergrad and then you make your way to Chicago and Detroit. So there certainly isn't technical trail running yeah, in either yeah. of those mm -hmm. two places, at least not that no. I know of. Maybe. I don't know. Well, Michigan does, but not in certain places. I mean, certainly not in Detroit. Um, that's for sure. So um, do you think you just, just in, I mean, does it bring you back to running with your dad? I know you guys like the mountains and that's kind of where you got exposure to trails, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like even though like while I was in Chicago um, and Detroit, we were pretty good about at least trying to drive out to like local, like mountain bike trails and stuff like that. Um, so I felt like I got a lot better um, on like technology technical terrain again nothing you know nothing like Colorado but um yeah I've always had an affinity for the trails for sure um you know I, I grew up like being outdoors constantly with my family like camping and stuff um out in like Anzo Borrego um you know in that area in San Diego but um yeah it's trail running has always you know come fairly easy to me um you know in the, in the past year or so i haven't necessarily been been focusing on technical stuff um but it's a hundred percent like in i have a list you know of major races i want to be hitting and kind of this flow chart of how i'm approaching you know the 100 mile distance um i would definitely say right now i'm trying to garner as much speed as i can in the distance and you build build off of that um, you know, strength and to take me like onto, you know, hopefully like a Western States type course, um, things like that. So I think Western States would be a great course for you. Yeah, um, I do. Um, just, I haven't been there in person, but I followed the race, you know, really closely the last couple of years. I think I'm going to go out this year for sure. Nice. Um, last year, if it wasn't for COVID and things being still a little weird, even though the race went on, you know, if I knew Ribs was going to be there, I would have definitely went out there because um, sure, that yeah. would have made the trip worthwhile. But um, what a, what a spectacular place to run. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, just running yeah. over the top of those mountains and seeing the sunrise come up and just, it's just spectacular, but also the crazy temperature changes. I mean, it could be way over a hundred in the canyons and then drop so much significantly. So yeah, in the high country. Yeah. yeah. So like, how do you, how do you handle that? Is it just like changing, like what layers of clothes you have on? Like, how do you handle something like that? Yeah. I've now raced, oh man, the past couple of years have been so brutal. Um, you know, with warm weather races, um, you know, they, the hundred mile national championships in 2021 reached a peak of like 92, 93 degrees. Um, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so challenging running in those types of temperatures. And then, like you mentioned, especially if they're like, you know, swinging down super low at other parts of the race. Um, honestly, like I incorporate heat training, like into my training, like kind of no matter what, um, maybe I should have been doing more, um, you know, earlier on in this year, since I'm kind of stuck in the dead of winter here in Colorado. So like, you know, 70 degrees feels hot, very, very hot to me right now. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm always kind of incorporating that just so that my body is always getting that kind of exposure to that kind of stimulus, um, with temperatures. Um, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with the heat, the biggest thing is like topical cooling. Um, I'm probably the first person you'll ever see like reaching for ice. Um, I always have an ice bandana on or putting it in my hat. Um, you know, my mantra is, you know, largely from a lot of my other mentors in the sport too, but it's like, you know, 
you want to cool down and, and start grabbing ice um, before you get hot. So don't wait until you're feeling hot to do it. Um, and then, you know, when those temperatures come back down, yeah, it's really about getting any of like your, your wet or like sweaty layers off getting dry again. Um, yeah. And just layering up as best you can and, and knowing yourself too, you know, everyone runs different. I probably run a little bit on the warmer side uh, of things. Um, so I'm not always like the one in gloves or something like that, but um, yeah, a lot of gear. Oh yeah. <laughs> what we do, what we do without our gear. So let me just step back for a sec. Cause just cur- I'm curious. I, I love to learn and I want to make sure anybody listening will always learn too. Um, so if it's only in the seventies and you know, you're going to be in a race that might be in the nineties. So would you just be wearing like way more layers on a run like that? And then just knowing you're going to sweat like hell and have to get more salt in and more, you know, electrolytes or something along those lines, or I'm just curious, like how you would approach that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like I said, I'm here in Colorado. So a lot of times like, you know, our winter and spring is, you know, fairly long and pretty snowy. Um, so a a lot of like the majority of my heat training, like right now in the winter would definitely be on the treadmill. Um, I would definitely be in layers. Um, you know, I usually employ wool tights, a wool long sleeve, just so it's like wicking somewhat. And I'm not just reeking of BO in my home. Um, you know, and then I, I, I like to put like an insulated vest on too, um, you know, just to kind of add a, additional layers. Um, you know, it's sometimes like a, a windbreaker too. Um, sometimes I'll, I, I, it sounds sick, but you know, it, for any of your listeners that have run Badwater, this is like standard, like you have to do it. Um, but sometimes I'll put it, you know, a little space heater in front of the treadmill, you know, there's no, absolutely no fans going, um, definitely is kind of like creating your own personal hell or like hurt locker. But, um, that is really how you prepare for those temperatures that are like 90 degrees and up. Um, but you also bring up a really good point too, with electrolyte replacement. Um, I actually encourage all of my athletes, um, especially if they've had issues with cramping, um, or, or if they've just noticed, like they get back from a run kind of regardless of what temperature it is, you know, if you see the classic salt, um, you know, forming on your skin, on your hat, on your shirt, um, it's super beneficial to get, um, your sodium salt, um, uh, sweat testing done. Um, I've had that done now in the lab and I felt like it was extremely beneficial to me just to know that I'm replacing enough. Um, you know, and you you can definitely toggle with those numbers in terms of like, obviously like your electrolyte replacement would look vastly different, you know, for a road half marathon, you know, where you might not necessarily have to replace a hundred percent of the sodium um, that you're losing. Whereas for me lining up for a warm hundred mile race, it's like, I really have to be trying to target, you know, replacing a hundred percent of everything that I'm losing because I'm going to be out there for, you know, 13 to 15 hours. Um, you know, you could really start getting to a deficit if you're not mindful um, of replacement. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I encourage every athlete to have that done at least at some point. Um, just particularly like as we're moving forward, I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more races just trending warmer and warmer. Uh, you know, like we saw at Chicago this past year too, you know, helpful for everyone just to know and it takes the guesswork out of, out of things too. So that you're not just kind of randomly popping, you know, salt tabs and not knowing, you know, if it's enough or maybe it's too much. So that's great practical advice. And yeah, Goggins is my man. So when I think about uh, bad water and 135, all the crazy yeah. ass things that he would do, uh, right. reading his <laughs> book and listening to his audiobook, I I listened to his audiobook probably like 20 times. I mean, 
you know, it's funny because I have to listen to the, my own podcast episodes, of course, to pick out the clips and make sure the audio sounds clean and everything. But, you know, when I get my own free time, you know, like I'll throw him on anytime I just need the juice. I got to get the juices going. And I just hear some of the crazy things he's done over the years. I'm oh, just man, like, yeah. yeah, like bananas. But yeah, that testing is, it's still relatively new. It hasn't been around too long. And I, I would love to get it done because there's no long run I've ever done in any weather where I don't have the salt eyebrows. My eyebrows are as white as my beard. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I know it's salty because it tastes like sea salt that I cook with. And I'm like, damn, this is salty. But yeah, I don't really know. I I don't know. And, but it would be a very helpful thing to find out um, because you got to keep that. If you can keep that balance together. And as you said, with ice and cooling, I mean, ultra leads the way. I mean, ultra is just on top of it at next level. Like when I see Walmsley and his crew, it reminds me of like a NASCAR crew, man. They're just, they they can change the tires and do the gas. They're just, they know everything to do when you're coming in and out of these stations. And, you know, it's just so impressive to watch and how cohesive they are. And then, you know, the next runner that's maybe going to run with you for a section, maybe if it's on a race like West. Western where you can, you know, have people out there pacing you, man. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really impressive. So for you, who is, who is your crew? Do you have a, do you have like a stock crew that you have for your races? Yeah. You know, I have to credit my husband Mitchell to that. I mean, he is my, he's the best crew chief. Um, he's always the one leading the charge. Um, he knows me, you know, honestly, a lot of times better than I know myself. Um, but yeah, we have really honed in, um, you know, on those, like you said, it's like NASCAR pit stop you know, it's like the, the less time that you can hemorrhage, um, you know, through eight stations, um, the better, um, you know, and so a lot of that looks like it, there really is no guesswork at all. Like with my fueling, of course, like things don't, you know, things change and it's like, oh, I can't really stomach another gel, but we always have backup, um, you know, backup fuel things that it's like, all right, like we're going to go down the line here. Of like, right. Your stomach can't handle this. What, you know, what sounds good next? Um, you know, and it's, like I said, there's no guesswork with my electrolyte tabs. There's no guesswork, you know, with um, hydration at this point. We have it on lock. You know, we have it down to like exact bottles that I use, the exact ice bandanas that I use, um, you know, and, and everything is we've just gotten to this place where it's like, you know, the let's not let's not make any of those stops, you know, at A, you know, B you know, the hindering factor in terms of like your overall finish time. Um, so I really credit a lot to my husband for how much he does there. Um, we have, my, my parents are also wonderful. Um, they love to come out, um, for races. Um, you know, I think at this point, um, they're definitely like, all right, like she's doing this, like these hundred mile races, like to them, it's just normal now, but, um, you know, there's definitely took a bit, but, um, they're, they're always wonderful, um, helping out. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to have friends, um, and teammates, um, that come out when they can that also, you know, help my husband with things. But, um, my husband is, the, definitely the, the the spearhead of it all. Beautiful. And I would love you to be a little more specific. So the salt tabs and all, like what do, yeah. you, what do you actually use for your own fueling? And then if you have to transition away from gel or your normal yeah. drink, like mm-hmm. what are some of the solid things that you would eat? Because you just ran a hundred miler in another crazy, you know, conditions are always difficult. You're running through the day and the night, you know, 14 hours, You've run a hundred miles in 1404, which is insanity. It's complete insanity. So that's like three, that's like less than 330 marathons, I think, for anybody at home or close to around 
that pace. Right, yeah, around, yeah, yeah, but for four straight, of course. So, um, yeah. yeah, but I just, I love to share that stuff because a lot of my, yeah. the people listening to my show are more traditional marathoners, but plenty of them have run a 50K or maybe you're thinking of a 50 miler or maybe have run a 50 miler like me or, or, or 100K, but want to move up. So I just love them to have that kind of detail. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, um, I'm sponsored by spring energy. Um, I have found like with a lot of my athletes, like, like you just mentioned, um, that maybe haven't like, um, aren't super familiar with the ultra running world. Um, spring is definitely like one of the top, um, fuel sources for ultra runners. I think they've, they've really cornered the market there predominantly because it's whole food sources. Um, you know, so I, I, I really appreciate that. I'm also plant-based. I'm a very very proud vegan, Um, you know, so spring energy um, is also uh, plant-based as well. So that fits really well with my lifestyle. But um, I actually really like to vary though uh, my fuel sources, Um, you know, so spring is, is wonderful um, with the whole food and everything like that. Um, But I do like to incorporate like other simple sugars too, just so that like my gut can be used to anything like on the off chance, you know, we, lose a, you know, lose one of our bags or something like that, you know, or even flying across the country for a race and something happens and I'm unable to get, you know, the specific gels that I'm always using. I always want to be making sure my gut's like, all right, like we're up for anything. It's kind of how you have to be as an ultra runner. Um, but no, my specific fueling strategy is, um, I, I, I do rely on like a high calorie drink mix. Um, you know, it's about 250 calories, um, like every two scoops, um, so I rely on that. Um, that goes into around like eight, 18, 19 ounces or so, um, of water. Um, I'm always, I'm always drinking at least one of those, um, every hour. I try to tend to go try to do it more closer to like every 45 minutes. Um, so that's giving me all my hydration that I need and then 250 calories into that. And then I try to take an additional hundred calories within that hour, usually in the form of a gel. Um, you know, I, my favorite spring energy flavor is cane berry. It's like a great like strawberry banana flavor. Um, tastes like a smoothie. Um, I always try to get my crew to like, um, actually keep those on ice. Um, so it's cold. Um, it's a lot, it's always going to be easier to take a gel if it's cold. Um, well, if you're in a, in a warm race, that is, um, you know, it just seems to taste better. Um, so yeah, that gets me to around 350 calories per hour. Um, that is what works for me. Um, for any of your listeners that are like, holy cow, that's like way too much. Like I can't even fathom taking that much in. I'm here to tell you, like I'm five to hundred pounds on a good day. Like I'm a small person and that honestly is what works for me. Um, you know, and that, that might also come into play of keeping me healthy too, you know, with injuries and stuff like that, just because I am taking in that many calories, um, per hour. That's also what I practice in training. Um, you know, I, it's to a T, you know, even if I'm just heading out for like an 80 minute run, I still have a bottle with me with high calorie drink mix in it. Um, for me, it's just like, I'm running so much high mileage that there's no real benefit for me to be running fasted ever or, um, or not having like hydration or nutrition with me. Um, even if I don't end up drinking the whole bottle for me, it's just like, you know what, this isn't good. This is only going to help you, uh, feel strong, um, you know, and take you into the next day. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my fueling, um, and hydration protocol. I also incorporate, um, I take in around like for a warm, a warm hundred miler, I'm probably taking in around 450 milligrams of sodium. Now, again, I came to that number, um, you know, from being tested in the lab and having my, my, uh, sweat tested. Um, you know, that's what works for me. Um, I do get that sodium from my drink mix and then, uh, one electrolyte tab, um, that kind of, you know, covers my bases there. 
Um, and I have it, you know, in recent, in the past year, I have become a fan of taking in um, BCAA tabs on the run. Um, you know, I'm not a registered dietitian. I, I do have, you know, close colleagues and friends that are, you know, the literature and the data on BCAAs isn't, um, you know, just outstanding in terms of like performance enhancing or anything like that. Um, but even if it's a placebo effect for me, I've found that I have mental clarity with it. And, you know, my soreness um, after these like big, long hundred mile races has honestly been fairly minimal. Um, so if taking those BCA tabs are uh, playing a role in that, that's great. Um, again, though, you know, like I said, the, the literature and the science on it isn't, you know, outstanding. Um, but for me, it's something where I, I, I found some benefit with it. So that's also a part of my protocol. Love the detail. Appreciate you going going that deep because somebody out there is going to listen to the show. Um, maybe someone you even coach, believe it or not. Sure. I have yeah. some friends that you coach um, yeah. from New Jersey. Um, um, and, you know, it's a small world, right? Like Eat, For Run, sure. and Be Merry was on my show. You wrote a nice yeah. comment on it. Yes. Um, what a, what a fabulous podcast. I enjoyed that one so much. Um, yes. and she shared a lot of, you know, what she had gone through, you know, before Atlanta and all. And I mean, we're just a close knit community and, you know, and not only as athletes and runners, but then coaching and then the athletes we coach, or even I'm not a coach anymore, but I've coached runners. Um, I coached my ex-wife to two, two marathons and she was a terrific runner, but like, we're all trying to help each other at the end of the day. For sure. So oh, this, yeah, yeah, that's what this, this whole show is all about, man, to share yeah. stories and inspiring performances and people's lot, people that are doing really good things and making an impact. So you being that specific is going to help somebody. And again, yeah. that the salt piece, the potassium piece may not be right for them if they're not tested, but the fueling, the amount of calories, especially given your size, it should open people's eyes because you need to get the calories. And look, I do a lot of no nutrition runs myself, but that's because I'm basically not really running more than marathons most of my year. Sure. I do the JFK yeah, sure, sure. 50 miler every year. You know, I wanted to do a hundred miler after I did the 60 mile for ribs. I was, that's what I was building up to, but it just, then I got hurt. So I 100% want to pick a fun hundred miler. So you'll help yeah, me with that definitely. because I'm yeah, not, sure. I'm not the crazy technical let's climb 12,000 feet with poles guy, but I love, you know, I love being outside. I, I just love being in the environment. So I need to find one, but we don't want to, we don't want to take the, the episode off course for that because <laughs> we could take it, we could take it offline for that. So um, that's great background on how you're training, working with your coach, how you're fueling. Let's hit at least one or two of your highlights before we dive into your race this weekend because it's so new and so raw. What do you, yeah, you know, sure. take us through anyone? I mean, you've had some amazing results. Pick any race you want that's like a favorite and talk about what it was like, what your buildup was like for that, and just like some takeaways from it. Yeah. Um, you know, gosh, I'm toggling back and forth between, um, this past year at Tunnel Hill, um, which, you know, I ran a pretty big PR there. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the, um, the hundred mile national championships in 2021 though. Um, just because that experience for me, um, I feel like can really resonate with so many other amateur runners. Um, you know, I went into that race unsponsored, um, Honestly, I had just come off of ret my return to the hundred mile distance. I hadn't ran a hundred, um, in nearly three years, um, when I raced tunnel Hill in 2020. Um, and that was really, I ended up winning, but it was, you know, it was so many COVID restrictions, no pacers, like the, the field was so limited. Um, 
you know, so that was my first return to it. And it was like, okay, like, you know, I, I ran a decent time there. Um, you know, I, I won. Um, but it was also one of those things where it was like, all right, like I need to, there's a lot of work that needs to be done because I am kind of out of my prime when it comes to being like mentally strong and focused, um, with the hundred mile distance. Um, so, you know, my husband and I, at that time I wasn't, um, I was being, I was self-coaching, um, just through the pandemic. Um, but, um, after that tunnel hill in 2020, my husband Mitchell was like, you know, we need to give this another shot, um, on another course. Like, you, you know, you need to start gaining more experience here. You know, you have all this speed from focusing on, you know, sub ultra, um, road distances. Um, so actually last year, jackpot was postponed, um, till the end of April, which hence, um, the super intense temperatures. Um, but it actually fit very well, um, with everything I had going on. I was very recovered from it. Um, so I was able to put in a very decent block of training. Um, it was around, I would say like I had seven to eight weeks, so not, not an enormously long time. Uh, but you know, my, my maintenance mileage is, is always kind of around 75 to 80 miles. So it, it's easy for me to kind of extrapolate from there into a specific training block. Um, but my training there, you know, again, being self-coached, um, that was the first time I'd really kind of experimented with multiple back-to-back hundred plus mile weeks. Um, you know, I peaked at around 115 miles. Um, that was kind of stacking. I think I ran five, four, four to five weeks, you know, at that volume. Um, that was the first time I'd ever done that. Um, I was really just kind of seeing how I would respond to it, but, um, honestly, Ron, like I had a lot of imposter syndrome lining up for that race. Um, you know, because I was not like, again, I was not a sponsored runner, um, at that point in time, no one really knew who I was or anything. Um, you know, and it was a super challenging day, you know, we were all going through our struggles out there, but, um, I just kept telling myself, like, you know, it doesn't really matter like where you finish. And I tell myself that before every race too, it, to me, it's never about like me versus someone else. It's always me versus me. Um, you know, and I, I encourage all my athletes to take that approach as well. But, um, but yeah, if there was something about last year where it was like, even aside from the results, like aside from winning or aside from like the, the, you know, my, my finish time, it was a very pivotal moment for me just because I, I finally felt like, you know what? I, I do belong here. Like I, I can do this. Um, I can line up, um, you know, with other elite runners, um, and really hold my ground. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was so amazing just because that race really gave me so much more self-confidence, um, and self-belief in myself to, to even like take down the next training block. I mean, the training's the hard part, you know, I mean, hundred mile races are never going to be easy, but I mean, the training that you have to put in for it is, is really the, the most challenging and just to get through it, you know, without any injuries, you know, coming out unscathed so you can get to the starting line is, is enormous. Um, but yeah, it was just that, that race was so incredible just because I felt like the whole community was just coming out for all of us. Um, you know, and it, it was just unlike anything I'd ever experienced just to like hear strangers, like cheering for me and, you know, yelling my name. Um, and it really, it's given me a lot of perspective now, um, after signing with Hoka, um, I'll, I'll just, I'll never forget those, those types of moments where it's like, you know, I've just, I'm like everyone else lining up out there, just your, your average, like everyday runner. Um, you know, and to have such a strong day, um, you know, and just to see like, wow, like I, you know, I can look back and be like, yeah, I did that on that day. And I've, I've done it multiple times since, you know, and, and held this like consistency. Um, it's just really cool. Um, and it's, it's been really helpful for me, you know, in all aspects of my life, you know, my, my other professional careers as well. 
such a great uh such a great beginning arc through to the end because you know like there's not a person amongst us that doesn't doubt themselves at some point whatever we're doing in our lives whether it's athletically or business world or whatever and imposter syndrome we hear it a lot but it's true i mean you know you're lining up with all these other great women athletes that are sponsored by you know solomon and hoka and all these other companies that are huge in the trail community and you know yeah whether you really think you can do it or not is one thing these are this is not a marathon that's going to be over in two hours and 30 minutes it's 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 going to be a 14 plus hour day of attrition of exactly doubts, i was just thinking that yeah. of doubts yeah. and yeah and pain and what the hell's happening and what am i doing out here and like there's none of it we're not we in the old days, like where we grew up, like where the civilization was founded. Yeah, we were used to being out on the plains and hunting animals and doing all this stuff to stay alive. But, you know, we've gotten softer as we've gotten older and we're not used to realizing that we can actually do these crazy hard things. We can actually keep running all day and all night. We can actually... Instead of stopping and walking for a while, no, we can actually pick it up when we're at our darkest moment, when we're so exhausted, we actually can start running or maybe see somebody else in the distance and say, I'm going to try and track that person down that headlamp in front of me. So you have all these doubts, you have all these questions, and even though you'd won Tunnel Hill, like you said, it's easy. Even though you won it and you ran a great time, it's easy when you still have those doubts to say, well, it's COVID, the field isn't as strong. Instead of saying, hey, I'm Stephanie, I did this, I won this race. No, we don't do that. We go the other way. We're like, Mitchell believes that. He believes in you. You know, other people around you probably believe in you, but you have to believe. You have to actually go through that door and say, "Oh yeah, I belong here. And even whether Hoka signed me or not, I belong here, rolling against these chicks, move over. I'm getting it. I'm getting some today. Let's go. So what a what a cool journey to go through that. Cause it's yeah, way definitely. more than the physical and the difficulty and all that. It's a lot of it is in here, you know. Oh yeah. So you you figured it out. Or I mean, we don't ever really figure anything out, but I mean, you solved a pretty big piece there of just yes. getting to the stage where yeah, they can sign you and give you the contract and say you belong, but you have to believe that. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And, you know, to win like the USA 100, USATF 100 mile championship, I mean, you didn't come in like third, you won the thing, man. You came in yeah. first. I mean, that's like huge, man. That's totally huge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So exciting, like super exciting. Um, and also winning Tunnel Hill and other races that you've won, like amazing. You know, it's a, you're, like you said, your trajectory is going up. Um, you're getting stronger. You're learning more about it. And like it's it's a it the discipline required. You just got to keep digging in, man. There's more to oh, yeah. it. There's more to it. There's always more to learn. Um, and you know, you're fueling all these things. It's great. It constantly has to be reexamined. Um, and how long do you take between recovery and when you start your next cycle? I mean, these are all things that are fluid and, you know, whether you have thoughts on it or Patrick does or Mitchell does, I mean, you guys are, like I said, it's a NASCAR team, but you play around, but you play around with it. Right. I mean, that's really all you can do is that your each, each race in itself is kind of like a case study, right. Of what the training block was like. And then how did you manage that day? The crew, the fuel, did you get all your stuff down, you know, and you know, 
your darkest moments? Like, what were those like? So um, for people who have never run something crazy as a hundred miler, like what kind of stuff goes on out there? Because I know it's all over the oh, highway. Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can say, I mean, in the past like 900 milers that I've run, like they've all been so, so vastly different. Um, you know, my very first hundred miler, there was a lot of tears uh, for sure. Um, you know, and like, practically just like begging my parents that like my husband, uh, Mitchell to just like, let me drop. Um, but, um, so yeah, I think, I don't know if I've cried during another hundred miler since, but, um, yeah. The, and you definitely see that. Like, I feel like that's pretty classic. Like there's always going to be someone out there where it's just like, it's such a tough day or, you know, the distance and time on feet, it is just like, it, it's mentally just brutal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have definitely, I threw up a little bit, uh, this past weekend, you know, kept it in my mouth. So it wasn't grossing anyone, uh, anyone, any other runners, um, out there out, but, um, you know, there's always going to be like, you're always going to see runners, especially like off the trail and stuff like that. There's always multiple GI issues and stuff. Um, but, um, really it's for me, it's not the physical, I, I could run the running's the easy part, honestly, for, for me, it's, it's the mental, um, you know, and just trying to like stick to the plan, like stay on track. Um, but you know, we have plans, but they, they don't always go, you know, they don't always pan out exactly how we, we expected. So for me, it's about practicing and training, um, like what to do when, when things go south. Um, because like I just recently said, like on social media, it's not, it's not ever going to be like, if things go south, like the more times we line up, you know, like the more times like you are going to have those days that do go south and that's fine. And that's normal. Um, for me, it's about having a plan and how to pivot and how to be adaptable and flexible. Um, you know, when certain things like that happen, um, and, and really it's also a matter of just like, uh, for me, it's, it's, I have, honestly have to kind of like try to turn things off and just like, I don't look at my watch anymore. I don't think about how many more miles I have, how many more laps I have to go. Um, I, I try to just start to run dumb for lack of a better term, just because it's like, if you're staring you know, if you're coming through the 50 mile mark, um, you know, and you have you still have 50 miles to go. Uh, you, you can't be thinking about it like that. You just can't like, you have to just focus on putting one foot in front of the other, staying present in the mile that you're in. Um, or else it's so easy for things to, you know, just get so far away from you. And, and that's when those thoughts of like DNFing, um, you know, really start to occur and your mind controls everything. The second you start to downward spiral like that, it's so tough to, you know, for your body and like the physical aspect to really get back into it if your mind isn't there. Um, so really for me, I always, I always feel like really tired, like mentally after these races, because it's like, I've been, I feel like I've been focusing for so long. It's like, it's like this past weekend, I felt like I had like a minor headache, like for the past couple of days, just because I've been like willing myself through, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, you know, I don't know that these types of distances are, you know, can be you know, classified as truly healthy by any means, but, um, it's, it is crazy though. I learn something new about myself every time. Um, and I learned something new, you know, based on my other competitors and the other runners out there too, you know, we're all working through uh, our own personal battles. Um, and it's, it's also really cool just because like you're on your own journey, you know, regardless of your finishing time or what else is going on around you. Um, you know, it's, you're out there for so long, um, that it, 
you really just have to be so inwardly focused on you. There's so many great nuggets in there. So first place I have to start is, it's so wonderful that you ended up with Mitchell and you guys are such great partners because you know, like that can go both ways, right? Oh, yeah. The man could be the runner, the woman could be the supporting half and also a runner, but maybe the crew captain or vice versa in this case. And, you know, like there's there's a part of you that's like you don't want your other half to get hurt. You don't want her to get yeah, broken. Yeah. And it's right, like right. a masculine instinct to protect your mom, your wife, your sister, your daughter. Like it's just there. And it's awesome that he knows you well enough that whatever you were saying, whatever struggles you were going through, he knew you could make it out the other side and encourage you to keep going because just think about the forks in the road in life. Like, what if you punched out that day? What if you didn't finish? What if he wasn't, you know, just in your ear, just, you know, like saying, no, 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 we're still going to keep going. You can do this or whatever, because, you know, our moms and dads are not the right ones at that point. They're going to first ones yeah. if they come and get you <laughs> yeah. and like have the helicopter right. come in. <laughs> like, let's yeah. get the EMTs over here to look at my daughter. So that is just, to me, that's awesome and eye opening. And it's, it's exactly why you need to have someone who is your partner and believes in you in that position, because otherwise the wrong decision could be made just as easily as the right one. And conversely, if you were really hurt, something is really wrong. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be telling you to go on yeah. if you're like bleeding no, no, all no. over the course and you know, right. you, you haven't had gotten any fluids down for like hours. I mean, he's going to be the opposite, like getting you out of there and telling you to fight another day. So I thought yeah, definitely. that was super cool. Um, but it is Every runner that's out there, you know, whether it's a single track like jackpot and you guys are bouncing around each other or it's Western states and it's picturesque and beautiful and wild temperature shifts, like wherever these races are, Leadville, it's up at some insane and elevation, like you're, we're all out there on our own. That's the, that's the takeaway, man. Because even with your best damn crew, even with Mitchell and all your people in there who you love and trust. You're the one who has to get through those miles. You can't do it without them. And that's why every ultra runner will always give all the praise and kudos to their crew chief and why they love them so much. And also why we go bananas and just go crazy over the volunteers and why they mean everything to us because they change our days. Like we could be in the darkest moment feeling like shit and you roll into an aid station and somebody smiles at you and cracks a joke and sees you bleeding all over. And, you know, oh, let me patch it up. You know, don't touch my war wound. You're not allowed to touch that. I want <laughs> yeah. I want evidence of blood. This is good. Okay. We like this guy. He's crazy. Like, I mean, there's so many elements of community, but at the end of the day, you said it, you're out there on your own, man. Every yeah. single one from somebody running 14 hours and four minutes or a hundred miles to the last finisher who makes the cutoff. Right. It's your own journey. Yeah. It's your own journey for sure. Um, and that's honestly, that's my favorite part of the distance. You know, anytime people ask me like, why did you just, you know, why is the hundred mile distance like your favorite? Like, why do you like to focus on that? Or, you know, the 12 hour mark, um, for me, it's like, it's always transformative. Like I go through truly life in a day out there. Um, and like I said, anytime, anytime I line up for the distance and I, you know, I've been so fortunate to never have taken a DNF, um, for a hundred miler. It's like, I learned something new about myself each time. Um, and I learned just how much stronger I am, um, you know, than I initially thought, you know, 14 hours prior when I lined up, um, you know, and that's, that's so, to me, it's just so important. Um, 
to have those types of parallels, like in sports, um, not everyone's athletic. It doesn't have to be sport. Like maybe it's art or something else too, but it's, to me, it's so important to have that parallel in something, um, that's, that's outside of like, you know, your job or your career, you know, that's really you know, the bulk of your financial stability. Um, just because it's like, you need something that you're so passionate about, but that can also continue to teach you about yourself and life, um, and how to just keep forging forward. Um, you know, especially during these times, like, you know, we've been in this pandemic for, you know, two plus years now, it's these types of things are, you know, in this type of grit development, um, to me is, is really critical, um, makes everyone stronger. Um, and it makes everyone kind of just more self-believing, um, too. And I, I just feel like the more self-belief we can have, um, that's just how we change the world really. Yeah, no doubt. And the cool thing is now at your coaching, you know, you can share your own, you know, transformative journeys of these races. And it's not ego. It's like, you're just sharing with your athletes. Like, this is something I learned about myself at mile 68. Like, okay, no, in your case, I know it was mile 40 or mile 39 from your Instagram post. Like, I, re I remember thinking like, wow, that's actually pretty early. But I'm like, it's, yeah. it does, there's no telling when we're going Oof. to feel like that. There's yeah. just no mm -hmm. telling when you're just going to feel like I'm out of here. This isn't my day. What am I doing out here? And we question everything, which is why the word why and understanding <laughs> why we do any of these things is so important. And it means so much because if we don't understand why we're out there and what we're trying to accomplish and what we're after and how it's going to transform us for the next race, for the next surgery you do on a patient or something you're doing in the community, then we don't grow. Okay. And we can fail. Failing is totally fine. Like it's not sure. bad yeah. coming right, up right. short. Okay. Yeah. Smashing into the wall, like breaking a body part and realizing, okay, this was dumb or I was doing something that wasn't smart. I wasn't paying attention to my body. Or if it's a fall and we just get hurt and break something, that's, there's nothing to adjust or adapt, but that's how we learn. Right. Absolutely. So super cool. And, um, you know, so I want to know, you know, to, to have this kind of ability for nine races and be so successful at hundred miles, what do you think like the, your mindset, your toughness, your grit, like, what do you think that comes from? Is it from anybody in the family specifically, like lessons learned as a kid? Like, is it just something that's like come together over time? Like, where do you think it comes from? Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of it honestly probably stems from just like being in academics for so long, um, you know, and having to stay just so focused on one path. Um, but I don't know, both my parents, like, especially my dad, who's a lifelong athlete, like, you know, I was, I was raised very similar to you and that it's like, all right, is there a bone sticking out? Like, you know, what's going on? It's so, you know, like no need to cry. It's fine. You can push through this. Um, I obviously think, you know, like you said, like, feeling is there's nothing wrong with it. It's there's absolutely nothing wrong with calling it, um, particularly if it's, you know, serious injury or illness, but, um, I don't know. I think a lot of it too, is like, you know, I went through the classic struggles when I was an undergrad, you know, in my, in my early twenties, just not really like knowing, like, you know, am I on the right path? Is this what I'm meant to do? Um, you know, I went through like traumatic relationships that, you know, just like we all did at that age and just thinking like, you know, am I really worthy of this type of, you know, like success and being on this trajectory? Like, is this, you know, what my life is supposed to look like? Um, I don't know. It's for me, it's always just like, I, 
I, I just love to like seize every day and get like squeeze as much out of the day as I can. And I think that that the hundred mile distance has always been so intriguing to me for that reason, because it's like, who knows if I'm going to finish this one, you know, who knows how this is going to go, but I know that I've done it, you know, eight times prior. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I love, I love the preparation for it. Um, you know, I, I really do love the training, um, that there's nothing, there's no better feeling than being like a thousand percent uh, prepared for something and knowing you did everything that you could, um, to line up ready. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, the, the grit is just one of those things where it's like, I love to push myself like to the absolute limit just to see, you know, what I'm capable of. Um, and I love the feeling afterwards. And again, it's the feeling after it's for me, it's not really, it's not ever tied to results. It's really of like how I worked through things, like how I spoke to myself out there, um, you know, how I handled, um, you know, the low points, how I handled the high points, you know, like for me, it's always like, I always want to be staying in the middle, staying as humble as I can, um, so that I can learn, you know, for the next go. Um, and I, I have just like everyone else, I have an understanding that, you know, progress is never going to be just this straight linear, you know, exponential line, you know, this past weekend, like, you know, I was definitely off, off pace, you know, um, quite a bit. Um, but I, I honestly, like, I don't feel disappointed in that, um, at all because it was like, i that race for me this past weekend was so much harder than, you know, running a great race. You know, I, I, it felt so much harder than me running much faster, you know, on my PR day. Um, and I have a lot of pride for that. Um, and I, even for all the, you know, there's the same can be said for the sub ultra distances too. I'm just using my, you know, the hundred mile distance is my personal example, but, um, yeah, there's just, there's so much that you can take, um, from really pushing yourself to the limits. Um, and I, I love that feeling. It's a good feeling and it should always make you smile. Um, and cause the only person that can ever answer that question is the one in the mirror is like, did I give the most that I could give? Did I give, did I, was I the best that I could be on that day? But I love the fact that you're doing a postmortem on your races, um, because they're, they're worthy of it. And, you know, whether it's just inside your own head when you're out on a recovery run or you're actually taking out a pad, I mean, do you ever journal it and like write it all down? Um, I do, because yeah. good, good for you yeah, because you I know, do. because you know what, to run nine 100s is one thing, but you, you might be up to 20, you might be up to 30 and you might just decide, Hey, I want to do something different now. I want to keep doing this, but you know, who knows where the trajectory will go from here, but that's how we learn. And, you know, like thoughts are fleeting, right? Like that moment at 78 or at 39 or whatever, like, yeah, like it's never going to be as clear as it was until a couple of days after, like as each day goes by, it gets less and less clear and we can't really even put it down and properly even capture what you were feeling. It's you. Mm -hmm. It's not what your husband was saying or anybody else. So yeah, those are good practices to get into. Um, and again, those are lessons you can share with your own runners that you're coaching that are getting into the ultra universe, because it doesn't mean that that's going to be their playbook or follow this script. It's just like, Hey, this is what I found, you know, from my own, you know, journey on these nine that I've done to this point. And these are things I lessons I've learned that have helped me. Um, doesn't mean they're going to help you. Um, just, these are some things that I've learned along the way. Um, which is super cool. Um, and you know, basically I know, um, when we communicate a little bit before, I always ask every runner who comes on here, like darkest hole you've ever, ever dug out of. Um, and that can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about running. Um, so 
tell the Run Chats audience, you know, what you feel is like the toughest spot you've dug out of. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, digging myself out this past weekend. That was this past weekend was probably the lowest point, um, like specific to running that I've really ever had to dig, dig myself out of. Um, I mean, I never, it's never good when you're like throwing up in your mouth and then walking on course, you know, on a fast course where like, you're not planning on walking at all. Um, and that was tough for me. It was tough for me to acknowledge that like, okay, you're going through this right now, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, walking like in another five minutes. Um, but it was tough. It was very tough for me to have to kind of right the ship there, get my mind back on course. And I was having to talk to myself like out loud. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that that's something that, you know, a tool that I've had to employ, um, you know, the mind is so powerful. Um, and like I said, like I mentioned being so mentally exhausted after this past weekend, um, that's really because my brain, I feel like was just working on overdrive to dig like my physical being, um, out of this hole. Um, so that was, that was, that was good for me though. Like I, like I mentioned on social media, it's, I always feel like it's good to go through things like that. Um, it's good to suffer for a bit. Um, you know, because it's going to make you stronger for the next go stronger for the next major breakthrough. Um, but you know, outside of running too, like, like I've mentioned, like the pandemic has been really, really tough for me. Um, you know, I lost my aunt, um, you know, at the end of 2020, um, it's just really, really tough, like emotionally, um, you know, and it, just to see so many of my patients pass, um, you know, for, for most of you, you're probably thinking like, uh, you're in, you deal with like feet and ankles. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but you know, like just my patient population, when you see like a very specific, um, you know, age group, just at so many gone, like at the same time, um, it was just something I never anticipated having to, um, work through in my career, at least at, at this stage, I'm, I'm still so early on. Um, it was tough. It, it was, it was tough to kind of t- dig my, you know, proverbially dig myself out of, um, those feelings of just like, I, like, I feel like I'm in over my head with this. Like, I, you know, and I think all of us have felt this way over the past two years. Um, it's tough for me to manage everything, you know, and still, still be like putting in the high mileage to, you know, still be trying to perform at this level, um, with so much kind of emotional, um, you know, stress and just thoughts just constantly weighing on me. Um, but, you know, I think, like I mentioned, having running um, and the caveat being I did take a significant step back. Like I did, you know, I was running like 50 mile weeks, which for me is low mileage, um, you know, through like kind of the, the peak of things when things are really tough. Um, I did give myself that grace there. Um, but like I said, it, I think it's really important to have something like running or whatever you're passionate about to be this parallel to whatever else we're dealing with in life. Um, you know, and I was able to kind of pivot and, you know, kind of rearrange things to where my training was, wasn't kind of piling on to the stress that I was feeling, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, trying to keep our private practice afloat, um, things like that. I was able to kind of, like I said, right the ship, get it back to where it was like, okay, no, my training and my running is, is, you know, an adjunct it's empowering me and helping me get through this, this rough patch that we've all been dealing with now for a couple of years. Um, so yeah, I would say, those two things, you know, in re- with my race this past weekend and as well as the pandemic um, have been pretty significant holes that I'm, I'm proud to have kind of clawed my way out of. Beautifully said. And, you know, no one's coming to get you. 
not <laughs> not at mile 39 right and yeah. not in your practice with patients passing um it's the hard lessons in life that you know like we're, we're in the boat and we got to row and we got to keep moving forward um i work in healthcare technology so i ran 10 marathons in 10 weeks and you know just raised all this money and delivered meals and and like really awesome meals to uh people working in frontline covid units specifically in like new york new jersey and connecticut and I got to tell you, Stephanie, there were days that I didn't want to get out of bed. I mean, it's just me and my dog. My son's 25. He lives in Vermont. He's graduated college and he's living with his girlfriend. And my mom is going to be 90 and living with my brother. And we all know that no one could be hanging out at all in the beginning. And even if they were, there was such caution and such fear. So like that little thing that I was able to do gave me some purpose, you know, at that point, but losing patience, you know, that's why I did those miles because my friends running those units were like suffering from PTSD. I mean, they were, they weren't able to talk to very many people. And I feel really good about the fact that they felt like they could lay it off on me because I understood it. And although I wasn't working in the hospital you know, as a medical practitioner, I understood what they were going through and I understood what kind of pain the nurses were experiencing in the docs and, yeah. and those people. So that's awful, man. It's hard. And um, saying goodbye to anybody is never easy and you don't want it to happen. Um, but yeah, you had to make adjustments in your running. Um, you had to ease back so it didn't become more stress because it could have been overwhelming. It could have been like the wave coming over the top. I have, no, you don't have to do this. Like you have to decide what you're going to do. Um, and the coolest thing though, is, you know, like struggling in that race, like that's early, you know, in a hundred mile race. So to get, to get out of that hole, to keep going and you still ended up running faster than you ran when you ran the hundred, <laughs> yeah. when you won the hundred mile USATF. So it's not like you had a really bad day in the office, man. Right. You ran faster oh, yeah. when you won. It just Camille yeah. ran crazy and like one, she won the whole race, you know, you know, kudos to her. She's, she's amazing. Um, and you know, you were on the podium, so tremendous. And that's a huge, huge win. Um, and you know, in the reservoir that's deep, you will be able to pull from that 100 Absolutely. times or more of some other spot in your life, whether it's in your private practice with Mitchell or other things, you're going to be like, man, I remember when I was out there yeah. and yeah. I was like, there's no way, but I did. So, yeah. you know, perspective, perspective is a crazy thing too. It's like, how could I ever be down on a day like that? You know, at, you know, digging so deep. Um, yeah. And like, like I mentioned, it's like, I have to have perspective about it. Like it was still a technical course PR for me and still like a top 10 us, you know, performance um, for women. So very, very, very proud of it. So good, good. That's what you should be. Um, and it's important that you have that perspective, you know, as you yes, move forward absolutely. and move on to the next thing. So let's shift gears a little here as we get towards the back end here. I want to make sure we get a chance to talk about your coaching and community service as our last two yeah. like main topics. And of course, if there's anything else after those two that you have that we didn't get to, you got the floor. Um, but I know you're so excited about your coaching. Um, yeah. And I could just see the enthusiasm and the energy you have for it and like lift, yeah. run, perform. I mean, it's just, I saw that whole group they had out at CIM and, you know, the positive energy that they're putting out there. I just love it. Um, so you can recommend anybody you want from that group. They can come on my show anytime, like yeah. put them on 100%. And any athlete you coach who you think has an interesting story, just send it over to me. But talk a little about how you got involved. Like, how did you make that step? Because um, I know you're using a coach, Patrick Ward 
works with you and, you know, how you got involved with that group and, you know, what it's really been like. Sure. Um, you know, I have been coaching, uh, well, you know, I'll take it all the way back. Like I have, um, I was mentored, um, when I was in high school, um, to be coaching like young women. Um, so that's when things really started for me. Um, I loved it. I loved, um, working with like little kids all the way up until, you know, like middle school, um, age. Um, so I've been doing that, um, you know, since I was like 17, um, I obviously took, took a break while I was, um, you know, going through medical school and residency, things like that. But, um, I started formally coaching runners. Um, you know, I, it was for free. It was mostly like family, friend, close friends, things like that. Um, when I was in residency, I started doing that. Um, you know, it was really a hobby for me. It was one of those things where it was like, yeah, like let's, let's, you know, let's take on this half marathon. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends that were non runners. Um, so it was fun for me to kind of give them structure and just kind of help them build fitness, things like that. Um, but then, in 2020, um, I was really just feeling like, you know, I want to go all in on this, um, you know, formally, like I want to build like this incredible team. Um, I want to use all the things that I've learned over the years and just kind of, you know, get, and like we've talked about, um, this, um, this past hour, it's like, to me, nothing, nothing that I've achieved, nothing that I practice, like none of my protocols, they're, they're not secrets at all. Like I I'm always more than happy to share. Um, I feel like, um, you know, that's just always going to make the sport better. Um, there's, like I said, there's no, there's no secret sauce, anything like that. Um, so yeah, I reached out to, um, Mary Johnson, um, in 2020, um, you know, I had so much respect for her and the community, um, that she had built with the front perform. Um, we had a, just a wonderful conversation. Um, she's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's bring you on. Um, let's start growing your team. Um, and the kind of the rest is history. Like I, it, coaching has been, hundred percent hands down, like the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, while I love my patients, I love being a physician. It's just different. You know, um, I have, you know, many of my, many of my patients are very much invested in their health, but you know, the unfortunate side, you know, and the, just the reality of healthcare is, is there, there are patients out there, you know, in a population of people where as much as you try, you, you can't, um, get them to care enough about their health. Like, you know, and, and a lot of times I find myself honestly, caring more than they do. And that, that can be really frustrating. Um, like I said, especially like during these times right now where it's like, no, like we really need to stay on top of this. Like you're at risk for this. Um, so I feel like coaching athletes is kind of, um, giving me that Avenue of where like, these are all like-minded people that are so invested, like in their health and their success, wanting to cultivate, um, you know, like, like we talked about, like their self-belief, um, you know, I, a lot of times that's just, that's the part that I love the most aside from whatever times my athletes run. I mean, to me, that's like just icing on the cake. Um, but being able to share with them, like how, how I have worked through imposter syndrome, you know, how I have um, come to embrace these like long challenging races, um, and achieve things that I never thought were possible. Um, and being able to share that with my athletes has just been like, like I said, it's been like the greatest, um, you know, pivot for me just in terms of uh, my career trajectory. Um, yeah, my team is incredible. Um, for any of my athletes listening, they, they just, I hope they know how much I love them. Um, it's, it's been wonderful, a wonderful journey. And I, I feel like we're just getting started too. Your athletes know, I've seen some of the shirts they have on Instagram. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it's just, um, it's just a great give back. Um, it's such a great, 
uh, exchange of positive energy and, you know, X's and O's are how I always explain everything, you know, whether you ever played football or not, you don't need to know, or any sport, technical diagrams of where people are lining up. Man, a running program to write it out, you know, that's the X's and O's. Like, you know what? Yeah. What am I really working with this coach for? Okay, because mm -hmm. like when a life event happens and I need to shift something, like this person needs to understand me and understand what's happening in my life right now. And if they are intuitively, they're going to adapt. They're going to make changes for you or they're even going to suggest them before something like that happens. Like you with your, you know, your practice with you and Mitchell and, and how difficult things could have been and were, you know, during the pandemic. I mean, it's really tough, man. It's tough to keep the lights on in any business over the past couple of years. We've all suffered. We've all been through so much um, anguish yeah. and just yeah. financial impact and all of these other things. But to be able to have this other, you know, one-to-one -one, and it's one-to-one -one with each athlete, but there's many, you know, so you don't have one, but you know, you can be having a shitty day. Okay. You can be having a really sucky day and just have a crap run and just maybe, you know, had some other experience with an insurance company or some other nightmare. And, you know, yeah. one of your athletes could just say, Hey man, I just crushed this workout or something. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. told me this and you told me I could do it. And it's like, boom, instantly you're like back. It's like, yeah. yes, like this is, this is what it's all about. And, um, totally. you know, that's the energy that I seem to pick up from like lift, run, perform. And, you know, Mary was an amazing guest and loved talking to her, not only about her own running, but also about the athlete she's getting to affect yeah. with coaching. So mm -hmm. it's wonderful. And, you know, it's just fantastic. So hopefully that keeps providing like big positive energy for oh, you yeah. and you transition Definitely. more of those marathoners over to the ultra world because yeah. you know even me running nine million marathons a year i know ultra's better i mean come on man where else <laughs> where else can you eat gummy bears and candy snacks and yeah. everything else in the middle of a run like i can't get that at the boston marathon that's for sure right. totally yeah and i'm a candy junkie so um <laughs> And shifting over to community service, because I know that's played a big part in your life all the way back to, you know, college days and ever. So what are some things you are fo focusing on or have focused on and things that matter to you and where you're trying to make a difference? Yeah. Um, you know, being out here in Colorado has been just incredible. Um, you know, the, the population of people here is wonderful. Um, all of our trail systems that we have, um, Mitchell and I have been really fortunate to get involved with trail maintenance, um, just on our local trails. It's been awesome to learn, um, just like how to actually upkeep the trails, how to keep them from, you know, from getting totally eroded. Um, so that's something that we've been active in here locally. Um, you know, we also, uh, me personally, I also, you know, do a handful of, um, you know, volunteering and seeing patients, you know, that are low income. Um, we have a large um, native population too, that just doesn't have the access, um, you know, to specialists, um, you know, that they, you know, really should. Um, so doing that has been great for us. Definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's been something that's been an important part of my life. Um, ever since I was a kid, you know, my parents were really, really big on volunteering and giving back. Um, and yeah, I also coach and mentor, um, you know, that's, that's something that's important to me. I never want, you know, financial barriers, you know, to come up, um, if it means, you know, obtaining a coach or learning how to coach others. Um, so I do have that as an option as well. Um, and all of those avenues give me, um, just so much joy for sure. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about that. I encourage anyone, especially during these times to get involved in just any small ways that you can. Um, cause you just never know how much of an impact it's going to make, not even just for, you know, the ones that you're serving, uh, but just, 
um, just to give yourself perspective too. I love it. And it's one of the reasons I close out every show with every guest on that segment, because you wouldn't believe how many messages I get back from people that'll say, well, I heard Mary say she was doing this in this area. And it made me think about something I used to do in high school or college. And I started doing that again, or I started working with rescue animals, or I started volunteering, you know, English as a second language teaching at, you know, at a local community college, or it just, that's the whole point. And that's why I feel like finishing there is really important because there's always something that we can do. And when we rally and we offer our help and we offer our professional services or even just uh, a hug or love or our time, like Mm -hmm. we will always come out of it feeling a hundred times better than we did before we got into that situation. And then it's just so circular because the minute you bring someone else in or the minute you've helped somebody, the first thing they want to do is pay it forward. The first thing they want to do is not to say thank you, but they want to find a way to do something that can also, you know, kind of balance the scales of life. So it's beautiful. Uh, It's good stuff. And uh, man, it's been super fun talking to you, man. We had likewise got to cover a lot of ground. Did we miss anything or was there anything important that you wanted to cover off on maybe that you have upcoming about your running, about your life, just anything in general? Because the floor is yours if we did. Oh my gosh. I, I'm not thinking so. I have um, my, the remainder of my year is a little bit up in the air, but I will be racing um, a road 100K here in a couple of months. Um, hopefully to grab my spot on, um, the U S team, um, that will be heading to worlds, um, later this fall at like late August or so. Um, so that's my next race, um, that I'll be building towards. Um, and yeah, if, you know, you may see, I, I don't know yet. I may be returning to the trails, um, this fall. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see about that, but, um, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Um, you know, on another note with my athletes, I, I meant to mention that probably at least half of them are in healthcare, um, which is incredible. Like we could definitely staff like a small, um, you know, at least like a small little, um, you know, at least at a minimum in urgent care, um, we could probably staff a small hospital in a rural area, um, which to me is just so inspiring. Um, all my athletes inspire me so much. Um, I have so many of them that have been traveling nurses throughout the pandemic. Um, you know, so many that have been right on the front lines um, and they just inspire me to my core. Um, and I, I can't thank them enough. Um, everything that I do is for my athletes and my patients in mind. Um, every decision I make, um, it, it's with them in mind and, and trying to lead by example um, and showing them that, you know, I, I really do practice what I preach and that we're all in this together. Um, it's never, none of us are ever alone, no matter what. So, yeah. What a beautiful place to close. Um that's uh, that's just awesome. And if you can think of any fun ideas, um, community service-wise, charitable that you have in mind that you want to grow or promote, you know, you always have my channel. Um, Thank you. Whether it's Instagram stories, Facebook, Instagram, Strava, any of the places that I, you know, touch the world. Um, and I uh, have talked to a couple athletes. I talked to um, uh, Kim Connolly just about it the other day. I said, you should, you should host a running camp. I mean, come on, you're a two-time Olympian. People know you. You've been so involved in the sport. You have such a positive image. And yeah. she's also coaching runners. She said, host a running camp. You know, I'll help you promote it. I'll come, man. We'll do a show. <laughs> yeah. So if you have any fun ideas, because I mean, who wouldn't sure. want to go hang out in Colorado? I'll come to Colorado like yeah. for at the drop of a pin. So if you come up yeah. with any fun ideas for a camp, I think you could do that really easily. I mean, you have a bunch of athletes who are already coaching. You have Liffer and Perform. You could tap 
into that pretty easy. Do a little retreat, a little getaway and, you know, do some speaking and have some other athletes maybe come or people that might fit into the theme of whatever, you know, you might come up with. Um, I just think those kind of things, getting people together right now is just worth, I don't know how many times the multiplier is, but it's more um, because we've all been so cut off for so long. And, um, you know, being able to be in the room with uh, good, good hearted people always pays dividends for sure. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I thank you for coming on and sharing your inspiring story, man. It's so fun. I can't wait for so everybody fun. to get to listen to it. So uh, thank you so much, Ron. This was this has been a blast. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure all the way. So I say at the end of every show, we tell everybody to keep lacing them up, keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight. Wow. Stephanie Flippin is an amazing human. She is a dynamo, what a powerhouse, with a huge heart, and she needs it for the big areas of her life. As a foot and ankle surgeon with the medical practice, she runs with her husband, Mitchell, uh, where they both make an effort to uh, do some pro bono work within healthcare for low-income Native populations, which is wonderful for um, patients that certainly um, just can't afford insurance or maybe um, are having other financial difficulties. They also do a lot of work on the trails in the community in their uh, Colorado area, which is which is awesome. Um, I really enjoyed the segment on her coaching um, because she struggled with imposter syndrome, lining up against these elite pro women at these races, and I guess just not believing in herself enough yet. Her husband Mitchell did, her coach Patrick Reagan did, but as we all know in life, you got to be able to look in that mirror and have full confidence in yourself that you can get the job done. And she's done such a great job um, moving past that and moving forward and believing she belongs there, lining up against these other great women, these strong women, these powerful women that are awesome in the uh, trail running community and believing in herself that she can get the job done and go toe to toe with them in some of the biggest stages of, of these races. And uh, I think the experiences and the vulnerability she shows with her athletes is going to help them, you know, overcome big challenges as well and maybe reach for bigger things than they thought they were capable of. And um, it's such a positive experience that she has going with her athletes at Lift, Run, Perform. And you can just hear the joy in her voice when she hears about how they're doing with races, workouts, and just life in general, how it might be helping them in other areas of their life. So that was certainly fun. And, you know, just to see the progression um, for her as a runner and the times that she's running the paces for a hundred mile are just mind boggling. But my gosh, I learned so much in this one about training protocols and nutrition and how to heat prepare for races like Badwater 135. Um, just, uh, there's just so much in this one that I personally will take away. So I hope you all will get as much out of it as me and learn as much as I did and uh, continue doing the great things that you all do on the back end of these episodes. Share them with friends, uh, post them to Instagram stories, throw it up on Facebook, Strava, or anywhere, somebody in the running community who might be looking for a little boost and inspo, or is maybe thinking of dipping their toe in the ultra uh, running world. What a great place to start taking a listen to this episode. So I thank you all so much for taking those steps, for going on Apple Podcasts, writing a review. It really helps us 
find new listeners for the program. And most importantly, it really helps me get great guests like Stephanie Flippin to come on my show and share their inspo with us. So uh, God bless you all. Um, I thank you all uh, for being part of this journey with me and with our amazing guests. So uh, as we say at the end of every episode, keep lacing them up, keep getting out the door, and always remember to stay in the fight. Peace out, my friends. <laughs>